Hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. But occasionally, some interesting people pop in to rent something, and that's exactly what happened today. I had an old friend, Haley Evans, who, as you will see, was a big part of the Bioscope's history. She owned the business Pop Art, who many people know. It was a theater that ran um, next door to us at, at Mabuneng for, for almost all the years of Mabuneng. Um, and um, what's great, and a lot of people know this, and we talk about it in, in this episode, is that a lot of the Pop Art stuff has since come to the Bioscope in our new version post-pandemic and of course as pop art they produce a lot of shows and put on a lot of stuff and are involved in all sorts of lovely stuff uh, more so in the theater world in the improv world in the sketch comedy world and so it was great to chat to Haley about all of that and of course our history together in Mabuneng which I think is such a fascinating history that really only a few of us could could kind of share having lived it so we were excited to share those kinds of stories so, this is Haley Evans popping in to rent something. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? Um, and we were very important people at a very important and very exciting time in our lives. Yeah. Which is something I'd love to chat a bit about. And I think for those um, <clears throat> who need a bit of a filling in, the year is like sort of 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. We are a part of this exciting rejuvenation of downtown Joburg, buying in to the dream and being very much a part of it um, and being a part of building Mabuneng. And then living it for many years as as people who lived in those apartments, people who took um, retail spaces and sort of kind of built our dreams. Yeah. Really. In a, in a, and I think in a way that was not currently available. I think what was interesting about that time, because you and I are the same age, um, was we were sort of navigating that kind of post graduate post varsity phase of our lives and going mm. I think for a lot of people especially in entertainment was this thing of like you can go overseas or you can stay in Joburg or you can stay in South Africa and this idea of like I want that kind of urban life yeah. and I want to be part of a city and I want to live in a particular way and that wasn't available and then it suddenly kind of presented itself as Mabuneng yeah. and then we started living in it and then I know, I know for you, it was having a coffee cup on a sidewalk. Oh, right? man. We spoke like, about yeah, that. Re yeah, reading a newspaper on a sidewalk. I mean, like that that's all gone now. Because you, you also can't read the newspaper on your cell phone on a, side, yeah. on a sidewalk in Joburg. Not, not many sidewalks, no, no matter where you are. Um, but, it, yeah, for me, I remember traveling, being lucky enough to, to travel and, and sort of walk around these cities and then thinking, why don't we have this? Yeah. Do we not have a city? Do we not have... I'm talking young, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. very young. And of course do the city have, exists. Do we not have big buildings? 
Like, yeah. do we not have skyscrapers? And then I remember once taking a trip to see the back of Joburg when you sort of go on that double-decker highway. And I remember being at a particular age aware of like, oh, my God, we have a city. Why oh, don't, no, I... Why don't... We, and I'm talking very young. Why don't we go there? Why aren't we walking those streets like I was lucky enough to do uh, in, you know, New York when I was young? Yeah. And... And then that was the dream for me was to also, same as you, kind of have this sort of urban life. And it was exciting. I had, this, I had a very different kind of relationship with the city because I grew up in the south and I went to school in the north. Oh, so you went past So those. I traversed that city every single day with that same kind of like, why what's we, there? Yeah, why aren't we in there? Yeah, so it was always, and, and you know, the buildings are so beautiful. Like if you really go building for building in Joburg, there's something fascinating about like how it's all come together and like the history is really interesting. So like, and it was not, nice. And it's not even like a, a a racial thing as to sort of when one speaks of like why are we not there as in our experiences being a white experience. No one was in there unless you work there. So unless you have a job in those kind of banking buildings, yeah. where you go in and out every day. That city is dead at night. Yeah. And it sort of shuts down by sort of three o'clock, four o'clock. So it was almost like no one was even living there. Yeah. And I mean, I think pre 2003, which was sort of that time, it was mostly a banking district. Yeah. Um, And then now there's been more and more and and it's about, yeah. And it it was. But it's also, it's not, I don't think that, you know, the points of entry are necessarily racial. I think it's about like if there's something going on that, is applicable to you or interests yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's, so I don't that's kind of what we ended thing. up yeah, doing yeah. is like, I guess, what Maboneng started being was like a point of interest for people to enter the city. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily about safety because if you think about those early days, <laughs> we got away with very low security. <laughs> and we were totally fine. I'll never forget there was a point in the early Bioscope days where there was no one else open on that street. Yeah. At certain times at night, like Arts on Main, which was the first development, was very much a daytime thing. Sure. And it was very much its own kind of little fortress. And then there were some times where I was like, we are the only business open. <laughs> Cash business. Cash business for a <laughs> good kilometer or two in either direction. Like this as well. Yeah. And there's one guy in a tie sitting behind the hotel desk. Wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually had this like very funny memory the other day of us walking to Troyville Hotel. Yes. Yeah, like, I remember that. Just, you know, and I remember wearing flip-flops and it being extremely uncomfortable, but that was like more uncomfortable than the walk itself. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's something I wouldn't do now, which is weird. Yeah. I think it's all just about how you feel about different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, man. But yeah, it was just so great to have you around um, to to be someone that could understand what was to live there or what it was to start a business there and run a business there and you're one of the few I mean it's perhaps you Shruti I could count it on my hand the amount of people that sort of understand exactly what it meant to be in that time and place in that exciting time yeah I still I mean I still think we should do some kind of publication on it yeah tell some stories like a very very fun thing to talk about in retrospect yeah we did those like dinner parties Oh, in those the hallways. Were great. My neighbor was Nick Bauer, who, yeah. 
you know, for those who know, is like a voice of 702. Yeah, I saw him, you sort of hear I saw him, all him the time. like walking with a pram on 7th Street the other day. Yeah, I was he's like, like a dad now. There's Nick Bauer. It's so bizarre. <laughs> no, and he's it was, a daddy. And, you know, I was involved in, in, in the selling of the apartments. I was this kind of reinvigorated, um, reinterpreted uh, real estate agent for a year. And so when a guy like Nick came every, around... Every person who studies anything to do with film's dream to yeah. go into real estate. Yeah, no, it was certainly not my um, <clears throat> my end goal, but it was this great moment where I had presented Jonathan, um, the main developer, um, the person behind the main developer of Mabuneng, with this concept because I saw the show space. Do you know the whole background story? But I, I, I don't think I do. So basically... I think I like came into the middle of whatever this was. Um, and my first job was started, to assign parkings. <laughs> so we'd started <laughs> doing some screenings as the Bioscope, very pop-up in Arts on Main. And so that's how I knew Jonathan. Then I went to the party to sort of launch the building Main Street Life, which then... I was of, at that party. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, wild. And, and that was really the start of what became a precinct because now it wasn't just one development now there was this kind of presenting of a grander plan and there was a show space that was done up and designed and looked all swanky and I my lease was about to expire I was still working in advertising and then I said I had this idea which I said why don't I live in the show space it was like an idea why don't I live in the show space and like document my life amazing and that could be how you could like help sell the apartments. And I think goes, it's also important to say that this was 2010. It wasn't like people were documenting their lives as much as they are now. Totally. No, no, no. And I, You I were had, like an original influencer. Oh, look at you. Thanks. Uh, the idea was I'd actually had this concept called Johnny's Bedroom in my head. And the idea was to rebuild a bedroom where everything's for sale. And it, would be a re- it was a retail idea I had. Okay. Where I thought, how cool would it be to sort of recreate a bedroom as a shop where everything's for sale, the books, the things. But the idea being that it is the ultimate guy gift store. So there'd be like cricket bats that you could buy your son or there'd be books and you'd help curate um, or help advise what books the boy could read depending on – it was this whole idea that I had. And, um, and when I saw, this, saw the show space, I thought, oh, this could be cool. Um, and I said, why don't I do this? And he said – why don't you help me sell the apartments more formally and I can give you a commission? <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a Jonathan. <laughs> it's classic Jonathan where he's just like, oh my God, this has just fallen into my lap. I met, he, I, I met him in a very similar way. <laughs> because he also said, I don't want a normal real estate agent doing this because this is not normal. I need someone that can speak to no, no, it's very different. what we're doing here. We've got these floors that are different themes and <laughs> collaboration spaces. And he had he, he was shooting for the moon. And um, I was like, I totally get it. I did the calculations and I realized I could be a millionaire if I'd sold all the apartments. Right. So I was like, oh, Lord, I'm in. Um, And I worked. Go, Johnny, go. Yeah, I worked in (laughs) partnership with someone who was a proper licensed um, real estate agent who actually did all the legal stuff, but I showed people around. Um, And I came out of that year with enough money to buy an apartment. I'd started the Bioscope and like, I was living there and I was living in town. It was exciting. But wh- why I've told this whole story is because when a guy like Nick rolled around and I quite liked him, I thought, ooh, I know I'm going to be in 601. I'm going to put this guy in 602 <laughs> because I know I have the power to do that. I have that. the power to do this and I want a cool neighbor and I don't want anyone who I don't know to be we were, Yeah, we were all on the sixth floor. I mean, Taryn yeah. was on the sixth floor. John, no, John was on like the second floor, but he was definitely part of those like 
hallway yeah. dinners. Yeah, no, it was exciting. And bring bring a so bring cool. a plate and end up eating in a hallway for the evening. Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. It's so nice. It was. It oh. was. Uh, I don't regret those times at all. Is like now looking back, go like, sure, there was some pretty wild things that we did. Sure, like things I'd never tell my parents. Okay, who were maybe already concerned about. <laughs> me living in town. <laughs> but I, oh, you know, I just walked up Commissioner Street at two yeah. in the morning all the way yeah, to the Don Suites. My, the way I looked at it and the way I said it to people was you'll naturally always be afraid of the things you don't know. True. And if you couldn't navigate that, those sets of streets where certain roads only took you in certain directions and things like that, if you don't quite know what's around the corner, you are 100% forgiven in Joburg for being afraid. Like, be afraid because you don't know what's around the corner. I know there's that dickhead that is, er, like, always burning shit But like, on the when corner. I travel, I'm so also afraid of the thing around the corner. Like, I've yeah. been in Greece, like in Athens, and turned a corner and been like, Ooh. I recognize this as dodgy, yeah. but I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. So I think we were okay because for the most part, we kind of, we fitted in and we understood what was there and, and how the economics of it worked. I just love that burning guy. Where in the beginning <laughs> you were like, it's cool. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in terms of like solving yeah. the issue of why does someone burn stuff like literally on the pavement, not in anything formal. He's just burning stuff. Yeah. And then like near the end when I think you and I were getting a bit old for Mabaneng and a bit tired of the the, the adventure um it, you, no it wasn't the, it wasn't tired of the adventure it was tired of the cuz i think there was so much progress in the beginning yeah no um, there was there was a lot that 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 certainly changed its course to to some degree but after a while you're like why are you still burning stuff you still well that, that that's for it's me like, for me everything you, became the same like yeah. year on year and yeah. i was like no. I'm tired of the same frustrations. I'm I'm getting older. I'm changing. Yeah. So much about the way I see the world and the things I want and the things I'm willing to accept. Yeah. Has changed and everything is still the same. Like it just it didn't it didn't grow with us, I think, in a weird way. Yeah, perhaps that's a good way to put it. And it became something quite specific. It used to be something for everyone. You could have a cocktail party. But then you can also sell some on the roof and then you can also have a quiet little coffee or you can still do something. Now it's something quite specific. It's like, it's loud music, it's cars, it's cocktails, it's it's a jewel. Yeah, Which it's, if that's it's your, a jewel. If you want a jacuzzi on the roof and like... Apparently there is a jacuzzi know, on the roof. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if that's what you want, then Mabaneng is alive and well and there it is, is there for you. There is a jacuzzi on the roof it's, for you. It's, it's fast and furious. And, and I'll never forget Matt, the guy who owns Peachy, he went in 2019 to watch Gremlins. We did some kind of Christmassy thing. And he was like, it's cool. My winning's lit. And I was like, that's such a great word <laughs> to describe it. Speaking of the guy who burns stuff. I mean, because but it's, it's also, like, it's, it's exciting, but something's on fire, literally. But and it's also, it's like weirdly kind of patchy. Like there used to, you know, there used to be like a very curated experience of like you go there and you well, walk was up a, the there road. Well, there was a captain, which was the main developer. And then when sure. they went into liquidation... That was arguably the biggest. But I mean, there's factor. Jewel City, which is like a completely different thing. There's families yeah. and open space and like yeah. pharmacies and mm. grocery stores. Yeah, it's actually now convenient. And then you've got like the center, which is, or Arts on Main, which is like kind of closed off, but like still the kind of artistic hub yeah. that periodically invites audiences. And then you've got the party down the street. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's very. 
it's like my my experience how i've experienced it at the moment is it's like very patchy and i'm just like and then like i still have i own an apartment like in the middle of do you still have your place i still have my place yeah okay so i've got a i've got a lovely tenant living in there um and he's a DJ, so yeah, <laughs> you know, cool. He's it's very Perfect. convenient for him to be living there, um, and yeah, but that's like in between the two spaces. So I spend like quite a lot of time in that building as well, and okay. it's also a completely different thing to like Main Street life as a residential building. So it's quite, yeah. it's quite mind blowing because it's yeah. not like anything else you've experienced. And like now I live very quietly in like a double boomed area in the suburbs. <laughs> Because I moved into my sister's place, yeah, and like I just I, I can't like I, I remember when I moved in there like how assaulted I was by the quiet. Mm, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was just like, what no. When I moved into suburbs, life, I was also yeah, quite something. And then last night, my neighbors had a fight, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> I was so angry. They woke me up at two in the morning. I was Damn like, it. "Am I allowed to swear?" Yeah, of course. Oh, great. Yeah, There's no, no. It's our show. <laughs> Um, but let's talk uh, a little bit about what you are watching, what you are enjoying. A little bit to do with um, what's going on. Is there, is there anything that's kind of wowed you recently? Anything that you felt? Ooh. I mean, I think like the, the word on everyone's lips is Dharma at the moment. which Is what? The new Jeffrey Dharma, uh, Ryan Murphy biopic, which... You like that vibe, eh? I know, I don't. Okay, good. I just sort of like randomly put I it on it, and then I was like... I'm tired of that stuff, to be honest. Well, it's very cookie cutter. Cookie cutter is probably the wrong yeah. expression, but if that, uh, if it's if very that, Ryan Murphy. If that cookie was, yeah. If that cookie was, was a heart was, was, was and it was a killer. human eating it. Oh, what did he do again? He, he ate was, stuff. Yeah, he had like cannibalism, oh, necrophilia, God. which they don't show, thankfully. Um, it's it's very... it's a, it's. a I also made, I'm, I live alone and then I made the mistake of like not checking the load shedding schedule. Yeah. So like at episode three and a half, the lights just cut out and I was like, oh God. Oh fuck, I'm alone. Okay. So he was one of those serial killers that, that, that ate. Yeah. That it, it's very much people. in the sort of 1970s American um, serial killer thing where mm. it's also dealing with issues of race and homophobia so the but predator, it's biopic yeah. so it's not like true crime documentary it's no it's, no it's a biopic and ryan murphy is um oj simpson mm. american yeah american horror story so is I think. this is oh this is is this in that oj simpson sort it's of brand not. i thought it was because okay, I, I always thought that they were going to now do a whole bunch which was the american horror stories but like the true american horror stories it's not under that stories. brand, but it's, it's exactly not. the same. Uh, weird. It's exactly okay, it the same. But that's a Netflix thing. Hey? It's a Netflix thing. So I feel like a little bit bored by that. I, I don't think I'd But sometimes you it. just feel like a, like just life is shit. Do you know what I, I mean? When you I watch a lot of it. that true crimey stuff. And like there was that one called I Murdered My Dad or I Just Killed My Dad. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't click on to and that. And you're like, oh, by the end of it, you just feel like sick and a bit tired and like, well, it's also, it's hard, like, I think especially now, and I think I've been very aware of this in the last, like, three years or two and a half years, is, like, you want to have a sense of a broader world. Mm. So those tend to make your world quite small because then you think everyone's a fucking psychopath. And well, you yeah, think, there's also that moment where you're like, this is one deluded dude. 
But it's hard to know that when you like watch yeah. three or four in a row, you know, and then I, you and think I, everyone's psycho. And I think it's important when it's something like maybe like those catfishing ones, you know, like that Tinder swindler or something. Like maybe it's cool for like people to go, oh, we must be careful of those kinds of people. Sure. Because it's a, maybe a bit more general. Um, people who sort of act in a particular way or do a certain thing. But when it's like one sick individual, yeah. it's so specific. You're like, oh, this is just... Wait, yeah, why, have, and, I, why and, have I given six hours of my life to like <laughs> one like stupid dude? Well, see, the, yeah, and the, I mean, this is where the danger is because he doesn't like, and I think a lot of like what I've seen on Twitter and whatever is that like the family of the victims is also like, we've had several documentaries, we've had several biopics, like can we stop giving this guy airtime? Like we would like to yeah. move on because it disrupts people's lives every time this comes out. No, and, that, and that's so a thing. So you have to ask what is the point? It's a, also a crazy thing where people try and not release the names of the mass shooters and things because they don't want to give them credibility. They don't want to do mm. that. But then at the same time, America especially loves a good like name and story and yeah. you know, picture deal and... So, no, I love how they so also you title, do get, like, subtitle it Monster. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. you also did Monsters, Inc., America. So like, <laughs> what are we yeah, doing here? No, funny. Sometimes you just need something a little light. Speaking of which, on Netflix, there's something called Instant Home. Instant Home. Oh, my sister's told me. This is like where it's very like yeah. heartwarming-y, um, makeover-y show. Yeah, so it's, so it's a good old classic home makeover show. The, the, the first episode's with the blind woman. Yeah, the mom is blind. Yeah, geez, yeah, and so, the, it's, so it's called it's called instant home something. We've got something called the cash up, which is after the recording. I'll I'll give the proper name. <laughs> okay, if good. you can't remember we need, something, we need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the concept of this it's on Netflix, and the idea is that a team of people spend months planning this home makeover for a house, and yes. they the concept is that they do it in a day. So, which is a weird constraint. Which is bizarre. And then they, and they spend the whole episode talking about how difficult this is. And it's like, what was your fucking idea, dickhead? <laughs> like, That's, I'm, so I'm it's so like, confused. It's your concept. Like, so, so, so the point is families will submit a video or, or friends will submit someone. And it's like a life makeover and, and, and you've got to sort of justify why you why this family deserves it so they try right. real hard they work in soup kitchens or they're lovely people they give back to they've the had some hard luck and they just need help and then they get told no you didn't make it sorry meanwhile they did oh so the, the, the constraint so of the one day is that it's a, a big surprise it's a big surprise so the whole family then gets distracted they get taken to a friend's house and so there are these moments where they're away so that as they leave sort of 200 people get into this house and redo kitchens, paint, do everything. I don't even know how the fucking paint dries. But anyways, it works. And It's America. And then there's moments... Yeah, there's a there, lot of lead in it. And there's, mo yeah, there's moments when the person who works with them goes, like, the family's coming back. And then they go, hold them off, hold them off. Like, And then they quickly oh, finish yeah, the drama, house and drama, then they drama. scurry away and then they reveal this house and it is a tearjerker. Like, right. The family is just... Everyone's bawling and everyone's like, oh my... Oh my God! Oh my Lord! And they're like, and they all cry, and, and it's like little things like a mom who would have to share an apartment, share a bathroom with like her three kids. She now gets her own bath, so she's like in tears. 
place. <laughs> and it's lovely. I mean, I don't want to know what these houses are going to look like in two years' time. But do you do you recognize the host of that show? Yeah, so she's the woman from um, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And she's she's done a bunch of stuff. Like yeah. she's a working actor. Yeah, like yeah. she's in like she's a bit girls. much. She's a bit much in the show. I think she's in Orange honest. Is the New Black as well. I think she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I were to give her some notes, <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> if I can just, I'd be like, speak to the EP. You're a you're a bit much. Like, but those shows are. But you know what? But that's okay. I don't like. I would say, it, as far as that kind of genre goes, I'm far more partial to the kind of like queer eye model. Mm. where people it's the same kind of selection process yeah. like they want to help people who do good in their communities yeah. but like they spend time with the people on yeah. like all aspects and yeah. i think that like that's my favorite yeah yeah like yeah. queer eye is the the ted lasso of reality tv well can i tell you what the ted lasso of reality tv is is an actual show called welcome to wrexham where ryan reynolds and uh McElhenney, rob McElhenney from always sunny by a f- football team in Wales. I've it's on heard Disney about Plus. this. It is literally Ted Lasso in real life. Is it amazing? It's great. It's lovely. I mean, I'm still getting into it, but the idea is that they've invested in this football club. They've, they've In Wales. Yeah, they've done a whole bunch before they even set foot, but they just wanted to be a part of it. This little town gets a new lease on life now that there's their, their beloved football club is being in the right hands and these guys and they, these Hollywood stars are coming and they're paying for things and they're getting new grass and like, it's lovely. And they just, they've seen the, they've seen that this little town is quite similar to Philadelphia where they grew up uh-huh. and they know how much sort of sport means to it. This is like a why Wales. Exactly. No, it's bizarre. And, and they I still, mean, I want to see that in South Africa. Yeah. They still like Hollywood busy. stars coming to you. Like. I guess the closest we got is old Oprah and his, and her school for girls. Yeah. But like but Ed- Midlands FC. Yeah. Like Sterling K. Brown and Michael yeah. B. Jordan yeah. by wow. Medellin's FC. But it's, yeah, it would be it's, great. Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's, it's quite something. Um, I want to say one last little thing on homes in America. Um, I don't know whether you felt this having traveled, but I think, you know how you could say like the French do food and the Italians can do luxury cars or you know how like each nation kind of has their thing that they could that you could sort of passionately say they do well Mm. i would say apart from the mick mansions that's probably where it goes a bit wrong but america does house they do homes well and i don't know have you done la i have so when if you see it at the best which is like the hollywood hills and stuff like those houses are Incredible. Like, I saw Ben Stiller running in the Hollywood Hills. Did you? He's so little. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> My friend lived in Beverly Hills. So I actually. Oh, yes. What's, the, what's her name again? Michelle. Michelle. She, like, she had this beautiful like three bedroom house with a terrace on the top mm. that her parents um, had or bought or <laughs> yeah. that she was staying in. And it was, it was a very, very divine way to experience it. But they LA. do houses well. The Americans do it well. And I'll never forget. One of my first introductions to sort of being inside a, a typical American house was a friend of mine invited me for Thanksgiving. And um, 
it was just stupid stuff, like the way those like drawers would close. Yes. You know, like, and that was the first time I saw it. This is <laughs> I actually it's spent... such a long time ago, but it's like you close the drawer and then it gets to the end and then it closes. It closes slowly. itself gently. And There's then, no slamming here. And then lots of lovely ignorance. They were like, so what's different? And I was like, we've, we've lucky enough, we've got pretty much everything. Oh. We do, <laughs> you know, in, in Africa, in the deepest, darkest. But I was like, but those drawers are pretty cool. Those drawers. <laughs> I, I spent Thanksgiving in Utah once, ah. and um, we we were given the job of making the pre-dinner cocktails, and there was a device for measuring the amount of spirits. Okay. As you, so you put your glass on this like weighted thing. Yeah. And then you, you know, say I'm making yeah. a mojito, and then they would say start yeah and you'd pour something they go that's enough of that oh, magic, yeah. it was yeah it was yeah, wild we also did and that one, was like a kitchen fitting yeah we did in we did one thanksgiving in virginia and it was also just this like lovely big house big fireplace and just beautiful do you know what i'm talking about yeah. do you get and what there, i'm and, trying and to say and there was a winter jacuzzi oh lord the, you know, a hot <laughs> tub it was snowing and you got in the hot tub like oh lovely yeah, I was very... And Who was in got, Utah? Why were you in Utah? Michelle's parents. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. They okay. also had this thing where, like, they had a, a, a central vacuuming unit. Yes. It's those kinds of things. And they also, just like, the trash easier. compactor. Like, we don't have those. Yeah, I'd love a trash compactor. I mean, we we could never make it work with, with load shedding. But <laughs> you'd, you'd be, like, so you'd be mid-compact. <laughs> so they would just be all this stuff this chip stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been watching a little bit of This Is Us. Oh wow, that's yeah. a, these are tearjerkers. These are yeah, no. I exactly. remember. I, actually, funnily enough, I watched the first episode of This Is Us on a plane from New York to San Francisco. Okay, do you want to back up a theory which we have on the video still, which is that when you are however many thousand feet in the air, your emotions are heightened. Oh my god! But I was also homesick. Okay. So I'd been away from home for three weeks. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> And the woman He's, next to me had to be like, "Dearie, are you okay?" Are you okay? And I was like, "Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have any previous knowledge about like how oh much this is us affects people." It's oh, wild. And so, so Leslie's watching it, and so she, so as I sit down, she always goes, uh, "We don't have to watch this," because she sort of knows it's <laughs> like it's maybe not girly, but it's maybe a but it's like maybe it's emotional. Not, maybe it's not my kind of thing. And I'm like, "Don't worry, it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry, I'm, I'm." Doing something else and have it in the background, and by the end, I'm like, oh my god, you're in it. Oh my god. <laughs> the show should be called "This Is Us," boiling our fucking eyes out. Yeah, I know it's, it's wild. But do you know what it is? And you could appreciate the subtlety. So much of it is in the score. Yes. So there's this like, and it's super subtle, and I think it's lost consciously on many people. But there's this like ethereal noise. Yes. That happens in the back. You you understand what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very particular thing that no other show ever has used. So one must be conscious of this, like, how you being manipulated. It's got lots of reverb and it's this ethereal sort of tinkle that sort of goes like, this is a bigger thing. It's a bigger cosmic thing. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very <laughs> meditative. It's very subtle, but it just makes this show like. Just yeah, takes it to another level. Yeah, I mean, how far are you in? I think we. Oh, I don't know. It's quite, is, is, I, I, is, dad, we, is dad still alive? Well, you keep coming back to him, but he's passed. He's. You haven't it, seen how he passes. I know how he dies. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, we we we're now. Um, the big lady is onto her second marriage. 
Oh, I haven't even gotten Ooh, that. I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I dropped it because I wasn't going. I wasn't much. having the best time in my life. I think I had like a bad breakup post like season two. Okay. And then I was like, I don't really feel like going no, no, back no. to this and right now. And there's also moments I where. I didn't need to get the boohoos out. They were coming out on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there was a moment where I also was like, this is too much. It's relentless. It's, it's kind of relentless. They, they, it, if it, you don't feel like having it at that time. Yeah, it could be lighter. Yeah. But it, it's what's in the background that I can't ignore. <laughs> and by after 10 minutes, I'm totally invested. Yeah, it, it does it does suck you in. But there's like, I mean, I think like Mandy Moore is a great surprise in that. Like, yeah. no, you know, from good. being the Mandy Moore of the 90s to this. It's yeah. like, it's not yeah. like there's also gave us like an in-depth Sterling K. Brown. And he's just fantastic. Like Who's Sterling K. Brown? He is the Brown brother. Who's the Brown brother? Of the three, of the three triplets, I can't oh, remember the, their names. Oh, oh, sorry, the the brown man. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's great. He's great. He's super intense. Yeah, and he's his spe- his father is also amazing. Oh, and there was that whole narrative of him finding his real dad. Yeah, I think oh, it's Ron, Ron Cephas Jones. I think is the actor's name. Okay. He's great. During that moment, I was like, okay, this is a lot. But it is. It's it's really. But a it lot. is a lot. It is a lot. It's and it's what life is, which is messy and filled with all sorts of complications it, it's a great show it is us on on the very opposite end of the spectrum yes, what i please. have been really really enjoying a rewatch of is veep oh good <laughs> and and you realize even to this day someone like kamala harris like is kind of useless oh wow uh, yeah <laughs> Do you know what i mean like <laughs> is the, it is a useless job well it, it is oh, it's a very sorry let's put it this way it's a very symbolic job it, it yeah it's a it's it's a ticket, which, I mean, they yes. consistently refer to in the show. But, I mean, it's also like I've just watched kind of the se- – I think it's season six where the, I think the character's name is Kemi someone. Yeah. And she is like basically – the show is so prescient in so many ways. Yeah. It like called Trump's Twitter. It called like Love a Kamala me. Harris kind of character where like in every sentence she's like going – as a woman and a woman of color. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the trope that goes through the whole season. Lovely. And it's like, oh, it's so good. I think it's, for me, it's everything I want from an ongoing character driven TV show. Yes. Lovely. What that is it? That is also on? satire. It's on Showmax. Cool. Yeah. Yes. It's an H- HBO on Showmax. I love the dude who's like her assistant. Oh, Gary. Um, what is his what is his name in real life? Because he was Tony in Arre- Hale. Tony Hale. Because he was in Arrested Development. He was Buster. He was Buster in Arrested oh, Development. I love that. Have you watched any of the more recent Arrested Developments? No. Season five is shocking. Okay. Season four is great. Season, Season four, four was when it came back. Yeah, they do like the mashed up timeline of like okay. Lucille II's murder. It is fantastic. I just love that one scene where there was an actual seal in the ocean and they were calling <laughs> for loose seal because there was a seal <laughs> that was loose. <laughs> it was such a smart show. I loved Arrested Development and so I, much. And it's just got so many callbacks and it's got so many references to each other. Like it's, To this day, I still use that phrase, you know, if you call it this, then you're clearly not ready. Or You know, there's like certain, you know, if someone, because they, they, they had the callback on... Um, Different references for making love, having sex. Oh yes, yes. And then there was whenever they would say hanky panky, we'd be like, well, then you're not ready. well, if you're using the word hanky panky, then you're clearly not ready. And I would use that all the time. I've I've keenly watched the whole of Ozark, waiting for Jason Bateman to say, <laughs> "I'm done with this family," and he never did. Yeah, but I, never I thought it would have been amazing if he did that callback in Ozark. Oh, lovely. <laughs> 
and all yeah no and just all the different versions of the chicken oh my god each, each character <laughs> everyone's danced each character at some point has an impersonation of a chicken yes which comes up at some point in the show and I, th- each I person think Portia has a, de Rossi's was my favorite each one has a remarkably different version and then the straight man Jason Bateman would be like have you ever seen, seen the chicken, chicken? <laughs> Oh, lovely. I think I love like Portia de Rossi's physical comedy and that is like just up my she alley as well yeah. because she's lanky and she's yeah. like all limb and it's just very funny to watch her. Yeah. No, that is good. I've never done Ozark. Ozark is I I'm kind of obsessed with shows about drugs. Okay. Also like periodically. I can do it at certain times in my life. But I, I'm very fascinated by addictive substances. Well, uh, do you know about dope sick? I'm Dying to watch Dope Sick. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I've been following, you know, that whole story. It's a very slow burner. Okay. Like, because in real life, these things are a slow burner, but it, it just slowly sets the well, scene. Well, it was very insidious the way the whole thing happened. Mm. No, and it just shows you how broken America is. It would have, oh my God. There would be such an incredible amount of bureaucracy for certain things. And then certain things can just fly, like guns, for example. Yeah. But in this case, it was how the FDA, which would be such a rigorous um, you know, place of bureaucracy for how drugs can be classified and distributed and all that kind of stuff, how they would let something like this have its own unique label based on certain things. and It's about it could it's get, a, the opioids. Yeah, and it was basically how uh, Oxycontin, Contin, yeah. Um, made it out and how it was pushed. Is it is it explicitly about the Sackler family or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they named no, them it and starts with the board and them deciding Damn. and this person Yeah, yeah. No, it's very much about them. I'm I'm only about a in uh, one or two episodes in. It's a limited series, so you can see the end coming. But okay. um no, it's about the family and and the and the one the one um character is is one of the salesmen who has to sort of peddle it. And how he pedals it to Michael Keaton, who's the doctor of a small town, because they specifically targeted yes, they specifically targeted certain areas of America that were industrial factory um, communities, because those people would would have pain. So it was all about targeting specifically those people who have pain, and then and then then it's the realization that five years later, the crime has tripled, break-ins have tripled homicide is doubled and it's all related all if you tie related, it back yeah. it's all related to to people wanting to get those drugs mm. getting the, the the opioids which i mean is wild it's not it's not that we don't know that but and like we difficult. sometimes need to be told the story as one yeah you know? because it's difficult to say because it's not literally the drug yeah. that's causing because well, it's the become problem. heroin now it's because they are poor it's because they are addictive and so it's because so the person gets arrested for robbing a you know a shop mm. so nobody thinks about it but why did he rob the shop it was to get money to buy to buy yeah because the, the thing is you, do, yeah, no, you don't whatever, whatever. i think what as i understand the opioid what's happened with the opioid crisis particularly in the states is that they haven't changed the price of opioids mm. so people who are addicted have now moved on to heroin and fentanyl and all these like heavy, heavy drugs. So broken. So that's what's causing like the higher crime because people yeah, are it's fucking sa- out of their minds. It's the same as like, oh, the the kid was unstable and that's why he shot his friends at school. It's not the no, it's not the person who sold him the the guns. It's 
it was his he bought the guns and he did it but it's like why are little kids running around with automatic rifles yeah and why are we able to have these over the counter yeah it's terrifying yeah so it's broken wow but yeah so so started that but that's also one of the more serious ones I'm also keen to watch, I think it's in the same kind of genre as The Dropout, which I'm just like going off okay, the Emmy that. winners that I didn't see yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Amanda Seyfried. It's also like true life story about... The dropout. Yeah. Someone, Where is that? Someone who did something bad. I don't know. You'll have to put this in the okay. cash app. Okay, no, we'll... But it looked, it looked very interesting. It's also, I think it's Liz Merriweather who created New Girl. Okay. It's a limited series by her. And it's based on a true life story about like a woman who basically for for like capitalist gain also put a whole lot of people in danger and is currently on trial. Okay. But I don't know anything more than that other than Amanda Seyfried won the Emmy. Who's she again? The name? She is from, she's the girl in Ted, the big Uh, eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love Ted. Yeah. I, so I somehow I knew you the, would know that reference. Yeah, yeah. I love those two movies so much more than, <laughs> than I probably should. No, no but that's lovely. how you always just, feel about... Um, I, love, I love Seth MacFarlane's Seth humor. MacFarlane's work. Love, it's like, you like it more than you should. It's, but it's smart. You're a it bad really person is, along with him. It really is smart. I think it's it, like, it, it travels a line sometimes for me. I'm like always... I think it's funny. Yeah. But it does it does dance. It does dance. Dance yeah, on the lip yeah. of the volcano. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. But no, no, it is, it is very funny. But as as good satire does, and like going back to Veep, like I mean, it's so, it's so edgy. Many years later, mm. the stuff that they say, but it's are they, are they it's still so making it? No, it's. I think it finished twenty eighteen okay, yeah, or yeah. so. But okay. I, it, it finished pre-Trump era, okay. or the last season was in the Trump era. Okay. And the main woman is the woman from Seinfeld. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, she's also great. incredible physical comedy. Yeah. Like her and Gary have got the most amazing physical comedy yeah. in the world. She There's a movie called Downfall. Downfall. Is this with her and, um, and James Gandolfini? It's, no, it's, it's her and Will Ferrell. Okay. And it's the American version of, a, of quite a famous European film. So the f- the European film is called Force Majeure, Ooh. which is the um you know that term the contractual in, that thing contractual, that no one reads. Yeah, yeah. And um, but and I, so but had to pull it out in twenty twenty <laughs> to get out of <laughs> to get out of leases. Yeah, um, yeah. This constitution this this constitutes a a force majeure. A, a force majeure. It's not um, quite a hurricane, but it's a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. It's a significant one. Um, and it's it's about this family that go to a ski holiday, and there's this avalanche. This what's a planned avalanche? Okay. Um, and so the the story itself is great. I don't think the American version with Will Ferrell has been executed as well as the mm. European one. I haven't seen the European one, but from the comments, everyone's like the European one's better. It just gets the subtlety of the moment. But basically, the moment is this family is on this porch in a resort. And there's this avalanche coming down the hill. But it's a planned avalanche. Everyone says, don't worry, relax. It's planned. And the mom says, this is getting closer and closer. This is getting closer and closer. And this moment happens where it actually comes up to the the deck. And in this moment, the dad runs for his life. (laughs) And leaves the mom and the kids. And the mom is shattered by this. Shattered by like... 
what the fuck? So they survive, but now they've got to They're perfectly live. fine. They just, they just, <laughs> all, everyone's coated, but there's this moment of like, oh dear Lord. But the thing he is, ran. and the point of the story is the patriarch, the, the protector of the family. Yeah. Ducks and just leaves I the family. I think that is such a so fantastic rest, premise. So the rest of the movie is this questioning and this exploration of sort of manhood, of being the father. And great. The American one is great because I don't really know what to compare it to, but they just get these sort of awkward moments done so well where he's trying to defend himself, but she's like, you, you you didn't help us. You left <laughs> us. It's, it's great. It's it's. I I think that is a brilliant worth, brilliant starting point. It's definitely worth a watch. But it's a lovely premise. But if you have the opportunity, I don't know where the European version is. But but um, the European version apparently is better. Somewhere Force somewhere Madrid. on there. It's internet. always interesting when there are those two different versions, and you can compare the two. Like yeah, the bioscope one screened. Let the right one in. I was going to say, that is the first movie I watched at the Bioscope, and they did a play of it last year at UJ. Wild. Yeah. Crazy. Wild. Um, this is sweet. Uh, you did the Swedish one. It's a, it, the original, the the original yeah. film is a Swedish film. And so we've got something at the video store called The Back of the Box, which is, if you need to explain what this thing is about, as if you took it off the, the shelf and read what was written on the back. So The Back of the Box on Let the Right One In is... is um, our main character is a young boy and he befriends the girl who lives next door to him. But it turns out the girl is a vampire. But it's done in a super subtle, slow burn, creepy way and only which like a European art house film can be great and creepy and subtle. Yeah. But she has to sort of hunt and occasionally eat people. So she like, I think she kills the cat or then she then... But basically, he, he befriends this. Animals. Yeah, he befriends this amazing sweet girl who has is a vampire. But the premise of the name is that she she can't be she can't walk into a room. You have to you have to invite her yes. in. So she sort of stands at the door and says, "You know, you got to let me in." That was the sort of subtlety. But but it later got turned into a, a Hollywood movie that no one remembers, which is I can't uh. even remember what it was called. But but. Though that often happens where these films get remade for a English audience. I, I think I, I kind of feel we passed that in the world now. Yeah. I think the last the last good version of that would be like the sort of office transition. And I think that the office UK worked for a UK audience and America made it more mainstream. Made it their own. Um but yeah, and also made it their own over time. But like I think we now I mean, can you imagine them doing a remake of Squid Game? It's so unnecessary. Yeah. Like the Korean version is absolutely perfect. Yeah, and it's, it's just bar, bar the animal heads, which I like, okay. I, like, I got one I got one episode into that and was like, get it. Yeah. See the hype. I could see why this is awesome. Um, I'm out for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean Did the, you finish it? The the tension's great. It got like episode eight, I was like, we don't need this. Oh really? It just got a little too weird. Oh, okay. Um, but I like—I really enjoyed the the performances and the set design, and like mm. it was pretty to watch. And like the mm. the tension was great. Going back to vampires, have you watched What We Do in the Shadows? Of course, it's lovely. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched the I haven't watched the TV show version. Okay. Um, uh, but we actually um, we yeah I I want to I want to program that for Halloween this year the the film the original film. Oh, great! Which is great. Great. Um, I think they'll be perfect for the bioscope. It's just one of those films that everybody does know and love or people should definitely watch it. But I haven't watched the 
the TV show. Did you like the TV the show? The TV show is great. Okay, it's got. What's the little guy that was in? It's it's gone from me. He was in a lot of British TV. He's very funny. He's very funny. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great. Okay, no, I'm okay. There's, I must a, there's watch another. That. I think that's on Showmax. It is on Showmax. I have my parents. My dad basically got the DSTV package of like I don't care what it is as long as there's rugby. <laughs> so I how's, managed. How's old Rob? Oh, yeah. Rob's good. Yeah, watching the rugby every weekend <laughs> gets pissed off with the load shedding. Yeah, just, you know, has he, his has his morning coffee and smoke. Walks around the pool. Yeah, still the bluest pool in the south. Fucking hell! Very happy. Coming from someone who has just sold my house. Oh, nice. Um, that has a pool. <laughs> I fucking hate pools, and and there really, a lot of work. There was so much work, and you grow up. The first 18 years of your life, if you're lucky enough to grow up in a house, which is the majority of South African houses, um, that has a pool, you you don't even think, you don't even bat an eyelid. As I to had how no that, idea how hard how my that, dad was working. As to how... As to how much work it took to make that pool clean, you just jeweled in it every you day. You just got home from weekend. school, you put your bags down and you went for a and swim. And you had a goof in the pool. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> only... Once you own a pool, do you realize how much fucking hard work it is? I've never owned a pool. Oh, don't. Don't ever <laughs> own a pool. And there was this great moment where I had two buddies, actually two guys that I went to high school with. They were in this kind of same valley as me, same kind of neighborhood in Bryanston. And they also had pools. And we met once at a bar. And I just said, hey, guys, she sits hot day. We lost some, we lost water in our pools because eh? it's hot. And they were like, no. <laughs> It's like, no, like a bunch, like, like a good 10, 20 centimeters. And they're like, and they looked at me and they went, oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I looked uh, at them and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. And I was like, and fucking 100,000 rand later. Yeah, it's mad. It's ridiculous to fix a pool. Yeah. And then there's this moment where, okay, you know, we drained the pool and, 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 um, you know, resurfaced it and did all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the guy said, cool, you got to start filling it up. And I was like, I'm seeing on the app, like, there's going to be some rain. He's like, bud. <laughs> he goes, That's so hopeful. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, no, like the rain will fill it up, right? And he goes, bud, like, mm -hmm. you're going to get 20 centimeters from the rain. Like, <laughs> turn the hose on. But and, this is and, why you see my heart, <laughs> my heart just broke as I sat there, as I stood in the pool. And I turned on the hose and I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> You this see why so many, like, in a movie, like, what indicates whether a house is, like, in good stead or not yeah, is whether yeah. the pool is full. Yeah. Or whether it's just, like, leaves and a bit of damp. Yeah, and just, like, a sort of deck chair in the in the deep end. <laughs> and a rolling tumbleweed. Yeah. Oh, God. No, it's heartbreaking, but it's sold now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. No, my dad, my dad checks Google Earth to see that he's still got the bluest pool in the south. And I've told him many times that, it that doesn't that's update. a static image. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still, it's let a point it, of pride. Well, <laughs> let, him, let him keep checking if it's the case. He's got his rugby. He doesn't use the Showmax app. He just watches his DSTV. They don't even have like the app. They don't even have a smart TV. Yeah. So they are not using that full suite. I had to, I had to recently explain to my folks sort of just the concept of smart. Right. Because I was like, let me explain how you get 
those mm. things. We're not there yet. They don't just they don't just exist. Something is either smart or not <laughs> yeah, smart. What button do I push to yeah. make it smart? I think is that's very much a mom question. But I was I, I fall into the category of what rugby. If someone says, "Are you watching the rugby? Are you, where are you watching the rugby this weekend?" Hey, huh? <laughs> I'm like, what rugby? I used to be like I used to be a lot more into sport in general when I was waitressing. Uh, because yeah, and the vibe, it's there. Well, because knowing the rules like makes your tips go up. So if you know what to shout at the TV, okay, interesting. Yeah. So if you can, if you call offsides right, ah man, that was fucking offsides. And they agree with you. Twenty percent. And then you the chummy. Yeah, then you chummy. Ah, oh, those are the days. I remember as I'm, <laughs> I learned a lot about human behavior waitressing. Interesting. At good old Gino's. At good old Gino's, eh? Yeah, so as I as I got to know you, you were waitressing there. And Gino's is a very popular, long-standing, I'm assuming it's still going. Yeah, it's still going. going. Um, Went with my folks for lunch on Sunday. Lovely. How's Gino? Um, fine. I think for anyone in the restaurant game, the last two years have been hard. Sure, sure. Yeah, but it's, it's going. And but if anyone can... Make it work. It's all Gino's. Yeah, so it's the got place, a big customer base. That the guy. place is called Gino's, and Gino is very much there. It's just yeah. past um, Gold Reef City. Yeah. Um. So it's in the south, and um, I I thought that was as I saw that and experienced that well-oiled, famous machine and how Gino did his business. It was a very interesting blueprint as I started mm. my own business which was going to deal with customers and funny enough my lesson i learned from gino was i don't want to be like gino <laughs> which is that you don't want to have to be there all the time is that you expect gino to be there yeah one because i think he wants to be there and it's yes, then his it's name is on the on the sign putting your name on something is a commitment because you gotta fucking be there and you gotta yeah. shake hands kiss rings even if you don't <laughs> even if you don't remember speaking of kissing rings apparently the offer is quite good the offer, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've spoken about it. I started it and it was very exciting. And then I I must say I lost track. But it's um, back of the box of the offer. It's on DSTV. And it is about the guy who made The Godfather. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it follows the story of the producer who bought the rights to the book and is now trying to make The Godfather movie happen. And it, it, like I think... I remember hearing about it on No Such Thing as a Fish. There was like a, yeah. well, it was one of the facts. Miles Tiller plays the, the producer. Oh, nice. He's great. Um, but the, the, the point I just wanted to make was oh, sorry. that. No, no, no. Please, always interrupt. Just going on tangents. Um, was that it was, I realized how important it is to, to have your involvement and have your fingers mm. and understand and know. But we realized quite quickly we wanted to. Daryl wanted to travel. This is the guy who I started the Bioscope with. Um, and he wanted to be able to go to festivals around the world. I was then starting to be in short straw. So it was quite important that we set up a business that didn't require us to physically be there. Yeah. Where someone expected to see us. Um, that was quite important. Yeah, um, I think for me, like the next phase of pop art needs to be that. Like, I, I, I often tell someone, and funny enough, we, we had a, a chat with, I had a chat with uh, Loiso Madinga. Oh, yeah. Loiso Madinga. And, and he's like, yeah, but I'm here all the time. Where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, conspicuous by your absence. I had to explain it to him. I was like, you often are here on a Sunday night where the comedy is like, I need to be home on a Sunday night because I'm going to be wanted, prepping for the week. Because I'm getting ready for Monday, you know? Yeah. And, and 
But I, I don't sleep in on Mondays. I, I take great joy in telling people or having them reminding them that I'm here. That yeah. I'm the owner. Don't 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 forget. I'm I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I just might not always be here because it can it can drain you and it can stop you from from doing other things. I think I Especially think the biggest lesson I have from Pop Art One Point is like you don't get to build it if you're in it. Exactly. You so don't get to have the bird's we, eye view. We aren't a restaurant. You and I are programming. We're yeah. producing. We're making. We're devising. We got to plan and program our spaces, which is very different. Yeah, it's very different to just making sure that things are maintained and heading on course. Like we are charting. Yeah. You know the next month's program. It's a very different thing. So yeah, I was happy to to settle post pandemic. I sort of made it quite clear to the to the staff and the more event manager guys I was bringing in to say, um, I'm not going to be here at night. I want to yeah. try and avoid that. Well, just I also, so this is also the thing about getting older, right? It's like it takes a certain energy of youth to like be excited about people coming in at 10 p.m., <laughs> which so, I cannot be excited I, about I'm anymore. I'm so afraid I'm going to be grumpier than I should be. It used, it used to be that if someone arrived at 10 p.m., I was like, great, I'll have another beer. No, I'm yeah, like, I want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I wash my face, get in my PJs and go to sleep. Lovely. So I think, but I mean, the, the great thing is that generations follow us. So if we find the right people yeah. who are who believe in the thing and who want to have that beer with the person who's coming in at 10 p.m. because there'll always be someone who's got something interesting to say. Yeah. And I think if you're running the right kind of business, you're also attracting the right kind of people coming Definitely. in at 10 p.m. No, and I've, I've, I've also long since said that I, I, I've never wanted the bioscope to be that late night no. haunt and something a little sloppy and messy. No. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> Let those places exist because they... Everyone they, needs somewhere to go to. Eh? You know, they're great. And I was actually chatting to Marigold, our events manager, about this and she she used to work at Smoking Kills okay. she says often on Sundays after the comedy they'll go there and I was like spoken, can you imagine spoken like a real 21 year old yeah. I, <laughs> but I, I mean when we were doing the, the if Sunday I'm doing comedy something, if I'm doing something at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night like it's an emergency yeah <laughs> or there's I leave I on Monday we used to go I mean I was not 30 yet when we were doing the comedy on Sunday nights yeah so But you we, were, yeah, you were sort of up in, in the whole hype of it. I remember like exciting, getting yeah. home at four o'clock on a Monday morning exciting. after going to Taboo or Kong or whatever <laughs> on a Sunday night. Like Wild, eh? Why? Wild. But the business was not growing at that point. And yeah. that is why. No, it's but you have to you <laughs> have to do those. It things. was yeah, I'm I'm and glad I lived my life at that time, but I'm also it's very the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's exciting that as we progress we've had a lot of pop art happen in the bioscope. And I yes. think that's been the nicest present and sort of, you know, next chapter of, of it. Because we both actually gave notice in Mobaneng at the same time. It wasn't yeah. planned, but it was, we were both kind of... We were so smart. We were both forced <laughs> into this position at a certain time when we were both just not necessarily, we were just not in the right place anymore. No, but I mean, that, I mean, we were... that. We couldn't have called it better. I think our yeah, lease... Yeah, we didn't even think about COVID, but it was perfect. No, our lease ended on the 30th. It was a three-month notice and it ended on the 30th of March, yeah. 2020. So the bioscopes survived very largely because we weren't paying a rent in Mabuneng. Yeah. And the 44 Stanley guys couldn't have charged us rent and also didn't. 
Yeah. But they couldn't. We didn't even have a water source. We weren't finished building, so we didn't even have a. a we didn't. We hadn't even occupied by a, a legal standpoint. But they also wanted to make it work, so they never were going to do that. They were. They were very good in that regard. But, um, and then it was nice to slowly bring pop art into the bioscope. One of which was our live improv nights, which we love to do. We're now doing the storytellers um, sessions, which is great. And also just our ability to do stand-up comedy, which we love. Because we never did that. And we yeah. were very happy to not do that. It wasn't part of what we were about in Mabuneng. But it was very much like the negotiation of being neighbors, I suppose, at that point. Yeah, it, it was, was like, a, who's doing what? It was a nice treaty. It was yeah. a nice thing, which was like, we wouldn't necessarily have wanted you to pull out any kind of projectors and screens yeah, and, and do, do anything and, and we wouldn't have and you wouldn't have wanted us to do any kind of one person show yeah. slash performancey stuff but I mean it's also it's just like it worked it's been amazing to have this home here so we're also like very grateful thanks and uh, it's just been for the space lovely for you guys to bring that energy in and yeah and to have comedy in the space because it's so lovely to rooms rooms need laughter I yeah. feel no. I, th I like life in general. And this is why I like going back to the beginning of our conversations. Like I don't really feel like engaging in Dharma things in my life is because yeah. we need levity right now. Totally. <laughs> like we're coming out of a, a very difficult period that I don't think we've fully comprehended. And like I'm far more drawn to levity. So if you can get laughter into a room yeah. and you can be part of like sharing joy at this point. Yeah. Like Jerry Seinfeld's quite interesting with that. Like <laughs> like comedians in cars getting coffees also mm. like a it's a nice oh, it's five minute uh, mm. and like, he gets it. He get, he knows exactly and what he he's making. And he doesn't think there needs to be any purpose other than like making people laugh. Like he's very happy with the fact that that's what he's like he's made a mm. shit ton of money Out of making people it quite laugh. Simple. Like, it's lovely to watch him and Larry, Larry, Levitt, Larry David talk because yeah. Larry David, like, sort of tries to go for a bit more depth. Yeah. And Jerry's just like, nah. Yeah, don't, bring, don't bring politics in. It's, don't not, bring it's in. not a palliative what what. It's, it's yeah. we're making people laugh and we're bringing joy airports. into people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and comedians in cars getting coffee is very clever. Yeah. I, I'm keen to see, and maybe I think we might be running out of time, but I yeah, it's one more thing. Um, I'm sort of keen to see what, like looking at all this stuff, like particularly these short bites of content. I'm also like a huge fan of Last Week Tonight. Like the oh, YouTube lovely. Yeah. No, we often talk about, because, you know, if one were to go into a concept like the video store, you would naturally think of Netflix, Showmax, all those things. But YouTube must I not be. I got YouTube Premium. Ooh, look at it you. It is amazing. <laughs> I, I traded someone my I profile on my ads. dad's DSTV. Oh. <laughs> and I just get served like Samsung or Omo. Oh. It's like, I'm you never are very. Get... You are definitely in that bracket now. You no, are no, domestic. They have identified me. Like, I clearly do my own washing. And a lot of it. <laughs> and, I, and I really should buy like one of those Samsung phones that, that bend. That, like, yes, flip. of course you should. Of course you should. I'm, I'm so. No, I'm YouTube so, Premium is well worth it. I'm you can so also download stuff. into Apple products, whether I like to admit it or not. So I'm like, I'm not. Gonna You're not going to buy the Samsung. But go for it. You can you can download stuff for load shedding, which is great. Oh, uh, that makes sense. So I I I'm an advocate for YouTube Premium, although I haven't paid for it myself, but I'm. Very is happy. it government funded? No, it is. It is funded by an exchange, so it's funded by my parents. Yeah, that's what I call government uh, funded. 
You sure. applied for funding and you got it. Yes, it's a very easy reporting thing. You go for lunch on Sundays <laughs> no and Gino's with your parents. <laughs> That's, That's it, the baby. reporting. I you just tell them that you're alive. I played golf on Tuesday. That, there like, you go. I was like, how? <laughs> that stakeholder relations, baby. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I was like, I could never give up my whole Tuesday. Like, I've got way too much going on. Oh, but, my God. You yeah, know, I do it because I love to spend time with him and, you know, be well, with my Pops dad. Needs and, and it's a lovely opportunity. But, but a part of me sort of, yeah, gives it some spin. I sort of say, like, well, I'm spending time with investors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's it's very much primarily because i love my dad and want to spend time with him but um yeah i know it's funny he, he's got his chummies that he plays golf with but every now and again when they sick or traveling i get yeah. the call and no, I go, my dad, my dad needs a retirement hobby he needs to pick up a, a golf club or something he's okay. not a golfer but no no it, it, but <laughs> that 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 bug can't bite now no it can't and, no, it, and, and he's got too much of a beer bop for a swing anyway no so. listen that's not stopped anyone it, it, <laughs> it's not stopped anyone on a golf there, course it, it's frustrating playing golf for people who've played it their whole life like to start it would be very frustrating no you, yeah you don't want to take up time on the fairway or the green whatever back to my point is i'm very interested in like things like comedians and cars or last week like what is what is the south african augmentation of those kinds of things well we were talking about that with loiso and i was saying that late night news was such an important part but he was saying that that could never fly now with sabc there'd be way too much bureaucracy no but you've got to to take advantage of the streaming platforms then yeah so so then he was he recommended a guy called uh mushtafa on on instagram okay and there's this guy who makes this these little clips and so we he couldn't shame he couldn't remember his name in the conversation so we put it in the cash up and then i contacted this guy and said you've been mentioned in the podcast and he was so grateful but he's this guy who's making these kind of political little videos yeah like whenever i watch last week tonight i'm like I'm so I'm like so informed now about like American politics, and I'm just like, why don't we have? That? I don't have a clue about our own electorate. So yeah, no, totally. What what is our? How does our parliament work? Like, yeah. I would just want to. I would watch a South African show that tells me in a funny way and emphasis how our parliament on, works. Emphasis on funny way. No, you have to have the Trojan horse. Like, there's yeah, yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. going to watch it if the if not for that. Like, yeah. we speak comedy. Yeah, that's what I mean. South Africans, it's been a huge part of our transition is comedy. You and know, and it just takes a lot of time and research. Yeah, and you good really writing, be, investment in really writing. You really have to have good writing, you know. No, that Trojan horse, as you said, is a very carefully constructed thing. Yeah. And I just love how Last Week Tonight always has solutions. Yes, that. I mean, that's what I also am like, so, so attracted to that as an idea. Thing, and it's just like at the end of it, it's like, here's a charity. I'm going to do a this. Concept, yeah. Or here's a thing. And I'm going to forgive medical debt. Like, what an amazing thing to there do. There was such a lovely thing about those Confederate statues. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, how about this statue?" And he proposed a bunch of statues. And he his solution was also great: don't tear them down and forget about them. Put them in a museum. Yeah, put them somewhere with better context. <laughs> put them in the context, yeah. and then you can you can not necessarily celebrate, but you can understand. Yeah, it's not it's not to people. say we can't forget history. I mean, I'm a big proponent of the, the worst fact thing that you can do is tear it down and piss people off. You can't rainbow nation everything. Like we we know, and I sp- I think especially mm. our generation knows that you can't like under rug sweep these things. Yeah, but you yeah. can you can talk about them. I think it's very important. To find spaces. So again, like where is where is the comedy version of us talking about our history? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very attracted to things like it's in the South African content like genre. I think, I think people completely underestimate what Madam and Eve did. I've never watched it. No, not the show so much as just the strip. The cartoon strip. Yeah, it is, it's lost its... Well, I mean, it's a, it was it's a not, different time. I don't time. think it's a different... Yeah, but in its moment, that was, that was kind of interesting. Mm. Um, we, yeah, <laughs> to some degree. For some well, group of people, you Leon know, Schuster's films did something. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, there's lots of problematic stuff now, but it was very much a way that we were talking about the transition. It was a, very was, much a way to talk about humor and... and you and know, help. Panic Mechanic was like a first yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a film that sticks out for me because it was the first time we saw like a multiracial cast yeah, no, no. dealing with racial dynamic Yeah, it's in uh, a very popular film. Yeah, no, and f- made for a certain audience and, and it helped in some way. It, it played its part. Yeah, and that, that's why I say like I think South Africa as a country like speaks humor. Yeah. And you... But you would think if you we ever would do, do more. drop in on a Sunday night, yeah. you'll see that like in plain sight. I mean, yeah. I saw it for no, many, many our, years. Our comedy is, is, is very important. No, but we so should we have need, something So we need like to be making content that reaches more than the 47 people in this room. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, you know, we've, got to, we've got to be making it on a large scale that like really informs the electorate, I feel. Yeah. And that's going to... So, so I'm very positive as well, just like being in the maker space about like how much work there is to do. Mm coming into the next phase of you know, creation mm. and life. <laughs> and, and, and then let's make that another episode. <laughs> yes, let's. There's, there's so much to talk about on this in, the, in this video store. It's lovely. It's really it's lovely. great. It's great to catch up with you. So thanks for coming and visiting. Thank you so much for um, recommending so many things. Lovely. And you are off to Market Lab now. I am going to teach. I, it's my last class of the year. I'm so... What are you teaching? I teach career design, uh, engaged career design is one of my modules. And then the other used to be called business of theater, but now it's called enabling independent production. Mm. At mm. the market theater lab. Yes. Lovely. Yeah, very, it's one of my, one of my favorite things to do. Oh, magic. Yeah, it's, That's it's very small classes, lovely, excited people. And, oh, and you're just molding the minds. Yeah, and like there's, I've not, I've taught there for, this next year will be my ninth year. So it's like almost oh, a wow. whole, yeah, Jesus. like a whole generation of collaborators. Because in our field, like people graduate and then they become your collaborators immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice just to, to be so, on, and it's nice to have kids tell you what's happening in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. appreciate that because yeah. otherwise I'd be completely disconnected. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. All right. All right, good. I must get going. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Russell Grant, and I was having a fat chat with Haley Evans, who um, you guys will know um, as one of the owners of Pop Art, the theater and the production um, company, the theater makers. And there was quite a lot in this episode that required a cash-up. So the cash-up is what we do here at the end of the episode where we balance the till, make sure all the things are there, all the checks are balanced and um, get everything sorted before we turn off the lights and go home. So there's a few things we've got to make right. The first is the TV show that does the home renovating in one day is called Instant Dream Home. So look for that on Netflix. The uh, film that I was talking about with um, uh, Will Ferrell that was the American 
version of the film Force Majeure that had um, uh, Louis Dreyfus in it um, is called Downhill. And you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, then the American version of Let the Right One In is called Let Me In. And then the last thing to get right, and I'm sure everyone was screaming out the name listening, the uh, British TV uh, actor who is in the TV version of What We Do in the Shadows is, of course, Matt Berry. And that is, I think, everything. So hopefully <laughs> that explains all the things we couldn't um, come up with or remember in the moment. Uh, if you enjoy the video store, please uh, share the love, tell a friend. You can tell them to go to the video store.co.za. That points to our home base. Uh, if you don't already, please give us a little follow on Instagram. We are the video store pod. And we think we've got a pretty good group uh, going over on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. Uh, post and share and comment and let us know whether there's anything we should be looking at or talking more about and just post stuff that you think would be cool that others might like. Lekka, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week.